it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. Here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. All right, here we go. Rolling along with you. Back. Back in your ear. Back on your radio. In the great state of Mississippi, I'm Matt. From Parts Unknown, logging in from NYC, day two with you from the Big Apple. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. What is up? What is up? A lot of water under the bridge since yesterday. I could tell you all about it. I'll tell you some about it. But... I want to invite you to be a part of the show. There's a couple ways you can do that. You can uh, text me. Excuse me one second. You can text me on the country, please, and text line. That number is uh, 601 number, 885-3776. Got it? 885-3776. Text the show. I'll see it, and uh, we can talk about whatever you want to get into today. On this Tuesday, one week, one day, that is, closer to... Uh, the start of college football season, uh, really getting close to the start of the high school football season. I don't know if you have anybody out there in, in high school land who's actually begun, sure enough, practice. They, they, they pretty much practice all summer long anyway within the rules. Uh, but today being July 25th, I think we'll get into next week. And then, of course, a couple weeks into next month, we're going to have jamborees and scrimmages, and pretty soon we'll have uh, kickoff banquets, and then we're going to have – you know, those opening weekend ball games that will be here before you know it. I really can't wait. So it's a fun time of year from a sports standpoint. All right, staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. I got my handy-dandy iPhone 12 Pro Max from C Spire in my hand. I am somewhere about, oh, what am I, probably three, four blocks south of Times Square, uh, in downtown New York, uh, our daughter is here for a camp this week, a Broadway camp. And uh, so Annabeth and I made the trip along and connecting to you for an hour each day. Yeah, so if you're tuning in, I'll be with you here for an hour in the middle of the day. If you listen to the replay later tonight, other parts of the state, Vicksburg and elsewhere, Haiti all as well. And uh, get it on in here. There's several things I want to go over. Now, one of the things is, you know, it's a little bit dated <laughs> just because, there's been a, you know, a few days of, uh, to pass since it all went down. The problem is I didn't get around to it yesterday. Talked to Annabeth some on the radio yesterday and really just kind of updating you all on where you know, I was and what was going on. Talked a little bit of sports with you yesterday. Got your text messages in there. We covered some non-sports, as usual, some of that. And uh, didn't get around to it yesterday being Monday, the first show since. You go back to last week, SEC Media Days wrapped up on that Thursday. And then, of course, you had the Friday show, and you get into the weekend, and which involves some travel for us and really kind of getting out of pocket. And so for, for me personally, from a sports standpoint, it's really about getting back into you know, the pocket, if you will. But here's what I want to know from you, and we'll kind of kick the conversation off this way. I'll, I'll ask for your thoughts, and then I'm going to give you my thoughts as well. And maybe the question is two-part, but you saw it at the end of last week. We get another year of... SEC media voting at SEC Media Days, where they'll come out of the week. Uh, media who are credentialed media there all have the opportunity to fill out a ballot 
and they will submit that. It used to be a paper ballot. Uh, I'm old enough to remember when we went and you had a paper ballot at media days, and you would write in, you know, who's going to uh, finish first in the West and second and third and fourth, and, and you could write in and choose all SEC players and things like that. Uh, and, of course, it's gone electronic over uh, the last few years, and now you type it all in. But my question to you is, do you think, number one, do you think the media voting has any sort of impact? Okay, does it have an impact on, you know, perception that therefore impacts other things like, you know, does it have any sort of impact on recruiting or, or anything like that? Because really what I'd like to do is, you know, I, I think that a lot of what they do is so elementary. It's the easiest thing in the world to pick Georgia and Alabama in the two divisions pretty much every year. That's where we've gotten where, you know, certain programs separate so much from others. Every now and then there's an LSU to factor in there, even though LSU wins last year. Uh, you still, it's easy to pick Alabama, Georgia at the top. But then what do you do after that? But then as it pertains to picking players for preseason all-SEC teams and, and that kind of thing, you know, I would ask what is the difference between last year's postseason all-SEC voting versus this year's preseason. You know, the only difference is certain players have graduated and moved on. So for you as a fan, what do you think – the impact is of SEC media voting every summer for preseason stuff, if any. Okay, because again, like I would, I don't want to overreact to something that you know doesn't really warrant much of a reaction to begin with. But it's possible, y'all. A lot of times think of things that I don't think of. Is it possible that you know there's an impact to those the league voting from the media that I don't that I don't see? The other thing is, my question to you is, if you knew who voted for what, and I'm talking about the media members, if you're going to go to SEC Media Days every July, third week of July as it is now, and at the end of the week we're going to get some all-SEC teams, first, second, third teams for individuals, the order of finishes picked, all these different things. If you knew and could look which specific media members voted for what, would you feel differently about it then? That's what I want to know. All right, so weigh in for me on that, and I'll make all your comments on the text line uh, a part of that conversation. I'm about to give you some thoughts on it. The Country Pleasing text line, the number to text, 601 number, 885-3776. Got it? 885-3776, 601 number. Another easy way to remember it is 885-ESPN. I got a text here from Rebel Tiger Dog. And he said, country please and text line live from NYC. He says, it doesn't get any better than that. Enjoy and be safe. Thanks so much, man. Really am glad to be with you all. And technology is amazing. I, you know, it sound, I know you're, some of you will think, oh, well, Matt's just, you know, doing an ad for a sponsor. But listen, I mean, <laughs> we fly up here, and, and right now I'm in sort of like a little, I don't know, it's not even really a lunchroom. I, I've got my... I'm in a little corner of some floor of this high-rise building that's got, you know, um, uh, uh, work studios, you know, studios where uh, people who are involved in, in uh, I guess, the arts, singing, dancing, Broadway, they come in and they rent these different studios for an hour or a day or whatever, and there's like three floors of them here. I'm on the third floor, 
and they rent them, they come in, they practice, they work on stuff, they get ready, whatever. And I'm in sort of like a little nook and cranny on one side of uh, what is called Ripley Greer Studios, if you want to look that up. i got my laptop sitting on top of a microwave that I unplugged on the wall, <laughs> and I'm standing right next to a, a refrigerator and two vending machines that in a minute, when they kick on, you may hear them. They, they provide a little rumble. <laughs> But um, just a little bit ago, like I went down on the street and went out to a place to pick up a sandwich, you know, for lunch and drop one off for Mary Liddy at her camp for lunch. And I snapped some photos out on the street because it's incredibly crowded and signs everywhere. You might have seen that on Twitter, that photo that I sent out at Radio White if you want to take a look at it. But, yeah, it's just neat. And here I am, and I've got my iPhone from C Spire laid down on the table in front of this microwave with my headphones and microphone plugged into it, and that's how I'm talking to you live on ESPN Radio 105.9 The Zone WRKS, Jackson, Central Mississippi. It's really the wonders of technology are amazing. Now, I will tell you, Rebel Tiger Dog, I know that in Mississippi and Alabama and Louisiana, Tennessee and even Arkansas, Oklahoma, places that far, I can go into a grocery store and I can say country pleasing, please, and they will know what I'm talking about and they will show me where the country pleasing sausage is. I have not tried that yet here in Manhattan. <laughs> okay. I might try it and film it, just see how it goes. And I guarantee you this, though. I guarantee you this. If I had brought some with me and provided it to some of these folks up here, they would love it. That I do know. I mean, they got good food here, but none of it's any better than what we have at home. That's just, that's just the way it is. All right, so uh, my thoughts real quick for you. I want to know what you think. Do you think we do it every year? It makes some headlines. So do you think there is any sort of impact? I'm not talking about just reaction from me and you as SEC fans. Does the all-SEC preseason team that they put out via the voting by media at SEC Media, does does it have any sort of impact? I'm bringing up that question. I want to know where you stand. There are some people who believe that it has no impact whatsoever. And there are some people who actually believe that, you know, maybe it it impacts perception of your program and and everything, and therefore it feeds a, a narrative and ultimately a recruiting narrative. Okay, so I wonder how... You know, anybody feels about that. This year in particular, 2023, just last week, they did the voting. It's anonymous. Media members fill it out. They are anonymous ballots. You know, whether it's 150 or 200 and 250 media members that fill them out, I don't know. But, you know, everybody there has the opportunity. Some do, some don't. But most all of the media that are there will fill out their ballot, submit it. It's individual awards like preseason first team, preseason second team, and like I said, order finish. And this year in particular, I'm telling you, we predicted it. We talked about it here on the show. I told you. Others were saying it. Listen, just use Mississippi State as an example. It does not matter what they did the year before. They won nine games. It doesn't matter what they have coming back. Largely a veteran team. Sure, they had a few move on. None of that matters. They will be disrespected by media. They will be picked lower than ultimately they were finished. I mean, is it the last 10 years, the last 15, you go back and look, somewhere in the neighborhood of 95% of the time the media has predicted state lower in the preseason than they have finished in the, in the regular season. 
There's a couple times where it didn't happen, but for the most part, that's what they do with state. We knew it. I predicted that. And this year, they go and they do two things. One is, for example, a guy who was second in the SEC in tackles, either led it or was second in the SEC in tackles, a fifth-year senior in Jet Johnson. He's not on anybody's first, second, or third team all SEC. Okay, and you wonder, how does that happen? It feels like a slight. But then you go, well, it's preseason all SEC. What does it matter? But then I saw this. Here's really what all of this has been getting at, okay? Vanderbilt got eight first-place votes in the preseason poll as voted by the media in Birmingham last week. Did you hear what I said? Vanderbilt, there were eight different votes for Vanderbilt, okay, to listen to this, how stupid this sounds, to upset Georgia as the SEC champs in the preseason poll. Now, because it's SEC media and because it's the Southeastern Conference, it got headlines. It's not just one. In the past, there's been like something where there's just this one person out there who will vote for Vanderbilt every year. And it kind of became a little snicker. We don't know who it is. But this time it's eight. Okay, so my thing is this. I think you've sort of reached a point where that more or less feels like shenanigans more than anything else. And and it's not that, again, that's why I asked about impact. It's not that I think that there's some major impact, therefore it's a major issue. No, I just look at I take a little pride in the fact that, you know, I'm a state guy. I played there. My school's in the SEC, you know. You want those things that there's always room for improvement, those sort of deals. Well, there certainly is in the media voting. And and what I believe is it's time going forward. If they're going to do that, and if you believe there is the slightest, even little teeny tiny bit of impact from those preseason polls, then number one, you can't have a poll where you get eight people that – that sort of snicker and grin and vote for Vanderbilt to win the league, okay? you you got to stop doing anonymous votes. It's time to make all the ballots public. And that way, if you want to do something stupid, at least it's on you and not on the league, okay? And we know who to laugh at as opposed to, it, you know, having to somehow mentally sift through all the BS to get down to, you know, what the poll actually is. And the other thing you can't have you just can't have some sort of all-SEC thing where you get 22 players on the first team, 22 on the second team, and 22 on the third team, and you don't have Jet Johnson on one of them. You just – I mean, I've always said the Southeastern Conference has the best of everything. The Southeastern Conference has the best commissioner. They have the best coaches. They have the best fans, best stadiums, best schools, best presidents, best fan bases, best atmosphere, therefore best teams, best TV package, most money, the best of everything, but has consistently had the worst officiating, and now you can add the league media to that list too. they got the best of everything in the Southeastern Conference and got the worst collective media going on. And you, I'll be honest with you, if you look at other conferences, go watch the voting that they do for preseason stuff in the Big Ten and the ACC. They don't have people pulling those goofy stunts. 
Vanderbilt getting eight first-place votes to upset Georgia. I mean, what are we doing? Who are you credentialing and letting vote? And that's the thing. If you're going to continue to credential, I like the way the SEC does the credentialing process. They're, they're a little more liberal with it, and you got to give some people a chance. Don't just kind of make it totally exclusive to, to big boys and that sort of thing. And it's an, obviously it's very, very popular. But my deal is one thing that would absolutely make it better, absolutely add credibility to it, and sort of take away this weird ambiguity when you get the, the results of, one, knowing who is going to be first and second before they do it, knowing which teams and brand They're not even really – the media not even really, for the most part, many of them not even judging teams. They're just judging brands. And then leaving people like Jet Johnson off your preseason deal, okay? One way to fix a lot of that and sort of, you know, get it back on balance is to publicize and put a running total of who voted for what. They do that with a coach's poll. And all you'd have to do, everybody's voting electronically, and there's a credentialed media member and name next to the ballot, and you can go see who did it. You let them know. Your ballot's going to be made public. Number one, the media members are going to take it more seriously. There's less likely of a chance that you're going to have eight people do some dumb thing like put Vanderbilt number one and snicker at it as they drive back home to Nashville. Okay. And the other thing is, I think it when you make that public, it forces media members to, I don't know, get a little better, improve, study, learn more, and maybe take a little more pride in that individual ballot as opposed to just click, 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 Hey, I participated. Now get on the road on Thursday and go back home. That's just my thought on it. All right, I'm going to read some of your texts here now on the Country Pleasing text line. Frank Estelle Tankus is with me on this. He texts the show, Country Pleasing text line, says getting rid of anonymity could create even more clickbait for writers and media to defend their votes. I understand that. I understand that it could. Yes, you, you may introduce that. But what I also think is getting rid of the anonymity, it's just time to do it, right? Like I, you say, okay, clickbait, that's fine. But it also, yeah, it's clickbait, okay, but what is clickbait? It also gives me a really clear picture of who's credible and who really isn't. Just because you get clickbait and something may even kind of go semi-viral and, you know, Feinbaum may interview you, but the critical, credible people out there are not going to do it. Okay, and so I just think it's time to take away that anonymity. And if here's the other solution, Frank. If you take away some of the anonymity, but also bring it back in, rein it back in at limiting a little bit of who you're letting vote on that thing to begin with, right? If you just kind of, you know, I don't know. Again, I'm not saying restrict it to just a few, but take a real good hard look at who you are letting vote. And realize, hey, look, man, it totally throws this thing out of the boat and lets it sink to the bottom when we got eight different people supposedly voting for Vanderbilt, you know, giving them first place votes. MSU 1980 text to show and said, Matt, I think it does have an influence. I've heard fans of other SEC schools quoted as saying state doesn't belong in the SEC. They're very ignorant of reality. I told my wife the other day before the media voting came out that they would pick state last, as they do every year, even though state's position in the West in the last 14 years has been in the five spot and only finishing last two times. You know, five spot or better is what you're saying, and you're right about that. <laughs> Real C, I thought about the same thing, too. He sent me the old uh, 
Pace Salsa commercial on YouTube. New York City. I need to find that soundbite and use it this week for sure. Uh, Andrew texts the show. Let's see. That's in response to something else. Uh, Norman. I got it, Norman. Going to read through that. And thank you so much for the picture, man. Louvier texts the show. And he says, you want respect from other, from media fans, other programs? Win. That's the whole formula. Well, you're right, Louvier. Listen, this isn't about Mississippi State getting respect. It, it, it doesn't bother me one bit as a state guy to think, well, they, they got to win. Like last year they win nine games and you still don't get respect. And well, you, you hadn't been competitive against Alabama. That's part of it. I don't even expect that anymore, especially, you know, from, you know, from out-of-state media. You know, there is a – there is a click nature to what media does nowadays, you know, and they got to pertain to their fan bases or cater, I should say, to their fan bases. You know, I get all that. I, really what I'm saying is I just don't think you can, as a league, if you're making decisions, you got to look real hard at it when you're now putting something out there that you got eight votes for Vanderbilt number one. Because if you don't, guess what's going to happen next year? Next year you're going to have – 18 votes for Vanderbilt number one. You know, you let something that people think's cute, that's silly, go and pass it off as credible. All in the world they're going to do is exploit it even more. They're just going to have to do something about it. It's ain't about state. You're exactly right. You know, state, who cares on that on the order of finish? Because <laughs> you get to play the games. Voting Vandy number one, leave Jet Johnson off. What are you doing? What? Where's the credibility in that? All right, more of your texts coming up. Good to hear from y'all. Just getting started with you on this Tuesday. I'm Matt in the Big Apple, parts unknown, connected because of C Spire in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. From the amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. Back with you, I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the mobile Farm Bureau insurance studio. I packed it up in my suitcase, put it on an airplane, flew out of Memphis on Saturday. I'm in New York City. New York City? Yes, I am uh, at a place called Ripley Greer Studios on 38th and something. Just a little south, southwest of uh, Times Square where you can walk up through there and uh, get hassled by all kinds of people trying to, you know, get you to pay them to take a picture of you with Mickey Mouse and you can buy a fake purse <laughs> and all that good stuff going on just north of here. And I'm uh, my daughter is involved in a camp this week, a Broadway camp. She's singing and dancing, having an absolute blast. These kids are having a blast. The people here that do this are just so good to them. And this is one thing, you know, she may never come back and do anything like this ever again, but she'll remember it. I know that much. And we're enjoying hearing all the stories when she gets back with us after the day of camp. And we have met some new people and hung out and eat some food and see some things. We went last night to um, that Gershwin Theater here on Broadway and saw uh, Wicked, which is the story, kind of the other, other story uh, behind the story of The Wizard of Oz. And, uh, 
it is it was just you know incredible I, and i learned a little bit too that those these buildings and these facilities fascinate me but that's the largest broadway theater in terms of capacity that we went to last night that gershwin theater it seats a little over 1900 people so 1900 slam full last night it was really neat the smallest capacity broadway theater here it seats like 500 and something uh, but anyhow, that's what's going on with me. Sounds a little different. There's your reason for it. Uh, so I'm with you an hour each day this week. If you're listening live in the middle of the day, an hour of radio each day. And uh, then kind of back to normal next week. By the way, if everything goes according to plan, when I get back to Mississippi, the first radio show I'll have will be on Monday, August the 31st at Divinity Equipment on Highway 51 in Madison. I'll be up there with the folks at Divinity selling Kubota tractors. Made them get on one driving around the lot. They leave the key in it. <laughs> Jonathan will be there. My man, Jonathan McMillan, and uh, some other folks who this coming weekend, they've got the big outdoor expo, and so he's going to drag some of them in there, talk to us, you know, hunting and getting food plots ready and stuff. So uh, that'll be Monday here on the show, August 31st. We'll keep the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio in the suitcase and take it down to Divinity with us. And y'all come out and see us then on the 31st. We'll have a good time. All right. All right. Um, some more of your texts here. Let me get caught back up. Bayou Bengal Babe. What's up? Triple B, BBB. Texas show said exactly what I sent to my husband. I'm not buying any of it. Sent me this thing that it's a screenshot of her text message. She had clicked the link where it said LSU predicted to finish second in the SEC West. See the poll here. She clicked it and looked at it over at NOLA.com. And she sent it to him with a message that said, according to this article, Texas A&M, Kentucky, and Mississippi State each got one vote to win the first place in their division. Vanderbilt got eight votes. Heck, Auburn got four votes with first-year head coach Hugh Freeze. Ole Miss, along with Florida and Missouri, did not get a single vote for first place. And, and then her text said, so is Vandy pretty good? <laughs> I thought that was funny. You're right. It's just It made it – it's just really erroneous. Erroneous. Yes. All right. So is that the right word I'm looking for, erroneous? <laughs> I think it is. Uh, I've sort of lost my place here on my text. All right, I'm going to get caught up. Here we go. Um, unnamed texture said, my thoughts. When MSU gets one first-place vote and Vanderbilt gets eight, how can anyone take this seriously? I, I mean, that's what I'm saying, and that's why I asked. If it has any impact at all, you can't do something as a sort of organized body, okay, an organization. You can't do something that is actually going to have impact that is that, okay, uh, useless. That, that is that, that has that little credibility when you get eight people voting. You just can't have it. So you got to fix it. And maybe not even just fix it in one fell swoop, but make, a, make an advancement. And so for years and years and years, the voting at SEC Media Days in July has been anonymous. It's time to not... It's time to take away the anonymity and then see how that goes. That's all I'm saying about it. It's time to do something a little different. Now, my unnamed texter also said, Wicked is awesome. If you get a chance, go to Ellen's Stardust Diner. Get some cheesecake from Junior's. You'll not regret either one. We walked right by the uh, Stardust Diner last night as we were leaving Gershwin, headed back to, uh, you know, back to our hotel. 
we're actually uh, just up the road, up 7th from that. And so we walked right by it. It was slam full of people, too, uh, at that time of night. Uh, White Denzel, Te- and thanks for the recommendation very, very much. White Denzel, Texas Show, says, Matt, I think it's beyond time to make SEC preseason votes public. You can go online and look how each AP voter votes each week. It's beyond time to do it for SEC preseason votes. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, if you're, if you, again, Denzel, I keep going back to the if statement, but if it's going to be something that is legit, then, you know, if it's going to be something that's legit and if it's something that's going to be, you know, put across as, you know, meaningful and certainly if it's going to have an impact then it is beyond time to do something about it. Now, if the league is going to take the stance of, hey, listen, we put it out there, we appreciate the pub that it gets for about a day, but really we don't want it to be taken seriously. Well, if that's the league's take, they need to kind of let us know that. (laughs) And tell your players that. Tell Jet Johnson that. I know it's a preseason deal, and that word preseason is about all we need to know about some of it. That's why I kept – prefacing this whole thing by does it have an impact if it has any impact tangible impact then you gotta you gotta tweak it add some credibility back in there hey by the way brad judy i said august i meant july i meant next monday july 31st i said august 31st that's not what i meant i mean <laughs> this coming monday a week from yesterday okay so this coming monday july 31st not august i will be uh, doing the show live at Divini Equipment, Highway 51, and Madison Gluckstadt. Y'all come see us out there. I'll be with Jonathan McMillan. We'll be talking outdoor stuff, a little sports and football. We'll be selling Kubota tractors. They are the oldest Kubota dealer in the United States. means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else. Right there at Divini. See y'all there next Monday. Sorry about that. I said it wrong. That's my bad. Bill Texas Show said removing the anonymity might create clickbait for one or two years for just a few people but after that everyone's going to see the pattern with those individuals and it won't be a story anymore and perhaps they can be removed well that's it if if people take a clickbait deal uh approach then they don't get to vote next year (laughs) you know when it becomes obvious clickbait approach because the sec can do what they want as far as credentialing people they absolutely can Let's see, Jake from Yazoo said, those eight people that voted for Vanderbilt had to stay at Motel 8 because the Hyatt was fully booked. <laughs> Attaboy, Jake. Attaboy. Brad, uh, yeah, I said it wrong. He was worried I was going to be out all the way until August. Uh, it's, I'll be there at Divini July 31st. That would be a heck of a break, wouldn't it? If I stay here, I'll promise you this, y'all. Listen to me. If I stay in New York until August 31st, I will not be able to afford to get home. Okay? There it is. All right. Possum Neck Joe, he's on the all-name team. He texts the show, Country Please, and text line says, Here's the sad truth. With Jet's size and numbers the last few years, the only reason he is not any on any preseason list is due to the pigmentation of his skin. Well, Possum Neck Joe, I disagree with that 100%. I don't think it has anything to do with Jake's, uh, with Jet's skin. I just think it has to do with he's quiet, 
He doesn't say much. He just makes tackles all day, every day. He doesn't do a lot of celebrating, and he just he's he's not a lightning rod, you know. And and also, let's be honest, the color of his skin it doesn't matter. But if he played for Tennessee, LSU, or Alabama, would he be on one of those teams? <laughs> you know the answer. It has nothing to do with the color of his skin. My opinion. I just disagree with you on that. David and Brandon Texas show, and he said, he said it's just a joke, right? The anonymity of it makes no one take it seriously, David and Brandon. Well, see, David, that's what I'm saying, is if the league's stance on their votes at media days are, hey, look, this is just for fun, okay, this ain't to be taken seriously. Well, you know, okay, well, let us know. Let your players know. Let your team know. Let Jet Johnson know. J-Rock, Texas show, said, just wondering where did Jet Johnson finish last season with the old conference awards after the season? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if he was on it or not, you know, and coaches stuff. And that's another thing, too. Um, when does the first – do the coaches do their preseason poll at the beginning of August? or It's sometime between now and the beginning of the season. I just don't know if it's late August or early, but, you know, we will definitely get that uh, at some point. Bull Texas Show says Harbaugh might be in some trouble at Michigan. I saw that. Recruiting stuff may get suspended for four games. The most notable thing I saw was that his lawyer is Tom Mars. Yes, sir. Saw that. So he may not coach the first four games for Michigan. Whatever he did, eh? apparently got him dead to rights. <laughs> All right, listen, a little bit of time left. We come back. Did you see what Lane Twiff, uh, excuse me, I almost called him Twiffin. Lane Kiffin, you see what Lane Kiffin tweeted uh, or X'd, if you want to call it that, this morning? All that coming up in the Bureau, Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Hey, whether it's about winning the game or even losing the game, you're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. Uh, my unnamed texter today with another suggestion. Uh, said more on Ellen's here in New York. Just FYI, I said all the wait staff are aspiring Broadway actors and actresses. So you get dinner and a show. Said it's a lot of fun, and Mary Liddy would be beside herself after the time at Broadway camp. Well, I really appreciate that uh, suggestion, and I'm going to pass it along to our uh, trip coordinator, the homecoming queen. You talk about a planner. I think she might have missed her calling. What what do they call those? Uh, Travel planners, you know? She could do that. Wedding planning. She's a planner. Thank goodness. (laughs) Because I'm whatever is the opposite of someone who is a planner, that's whatever I am. Uh, regarding Harbaugh, okay, I did see it, okay, on Twitter. This you know, Pete Thamel's covering it. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's attorney is Tom Mars, who, as you know, was the attorney for Houston Nutt in the deal with Ole Miss that eventually they demanded an apology and got it. Uh, he's, I, I've never met him in person. I've talked to him on the phone before and, he really seems like a pretty down-to-earth, nice guy. 
but he always he, he also has always seemed like someone you did not really want to tangle with. I mean, he's represented Walmart in big cases, and the only people that tried to smear him, make him seem like he was not smart or sharp, were uh, a few of my old Miss friends back in the day when he had them in his sights, looking down the barrel. But he got what he wanted out of all that, and. Um, Anyhow, he's representing Jim Harbaugh, and apparently for some sort of recruiting thing at Michigan, a four-game suspension is on the table to begin the year. At least it's a possibility to begin the year for Jim Harbaugh. Well, White Denzel takes a show, and he's reminding me that the four games that Harbaugh might be suspended for would be East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. All of those games are at home in the big house. So, again... (laughs) I don't know anything, Denzel, about the case. I don't know what the details are. I don't know what he's accused of, what they are accused of, all this. But I'm saying, if the worst penalty that were to come out of this would be Tom Mars negotiates with the NCAA for him to be suspended for those four home games, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers, (laughs) just chalk another one up for Tom Mars, right? I think that's kind of what you're saying also. All right, uh, I mentioned this a bit ago. This is something that we touched on last week because I happened to see it, okay? And uh, it was the, or some, not the media, but some of the media's reaction to what Lane Kiffin said about name, image, and likeness in the transfer portal last week at SEC Media Days. And look, let's just call it what it is. Uh, Paul Feinbaum especially took out a knife uh, after media days was over and went on one of those ESPN shows and just sliced up Lane Kiffin right there on national television and basically called him a hypocrite. They laughed and they snickered and all this kind of stuff. And I told you at the end of last week that I I heard some of it. And on on one hand, I was kind of surprised by just how, you know, dumb it was, but on the other hand, I really, I guess, wasn't that surprised. But what I think is, you know, obviously they didn't give him the benefit of the doubt and understand what he was talking about is there is a massive difference between the free agency in the professional world, and that would be coaches, that would be certainly professional athletes, but really anybody, free agency in your line of work, there's a big difference in any free agency in any of the professional realms out there versus the free agency we have right now in the college professional realm in that they got contracts when coaches are being courted by another school and their agent goes and ups the ante with his current school to get him to stay and he gets a raise and all they're all working off of contracts that exist that have been signed by both parties that are legally binding documents notarized Okay, that the documents exist, and if somebody gets out of line on this thing and doesn't hold up to whatever's in their contract on their side, both both sides are trying to argue and or negotiate contract terms that benefit them or that cover them down the road, then it'll go to court, and guess what that judge is going to do? He's going to look at the contract and judge based on that. Well, what Lane Kiffin was pointing out at the end of last week was the disaster that is the name, image, and likeness world in the college sports world. And the biggest thing is you don't have any form of contract on the school side. See, the school does 
have paperwork when it comes to um, the National Letter of Intent and the scholarship agreement. They have paperwork there. But any sort of compensation, which we know is what we have, it's pay for play. He said it. It is true. Well, if you're paying somebody to do something, then there's a contract that exists that covers both sides in certain ways. We've talked about that. You know, if you hire me to come and mow your grass and I've agreed to charge you a hundred bucks, okay, we got a verbal agreement. And if you pay me that hundred bucks, I better mow your grass. And if I don't, we got an issue and a judge is going to side with you. Certainly, if we do a some sort of written agreement where I'm going to come and mow your grass, you know, a minimum of twice a month for the for the year, a minimum of twice a month all year long. We got a contractual agreement. Well, no, you, you walk out there and come back from vacation and your grass is knee high and I hadn't shown up in a month. Well, you got an issue and you got a contract. You, you know, you know how what I'm saying. Okay, I give you all the examples in the world. You probably don't even need it. Well, Paul Feinbaum did something very irresponsible when he just eviscerated Lane Kiffin last week on national television for what he said at SEC Media Days. And he and his dumb panelist buddies that he talked to on ESPN, they all nodded in agreement. Oh, yeah, uh uh-huh. He's a hypocrite. Yeah, because he tried to leave Ole Miss last year and got a big raise out of them. None of them had either the backbone or the mental fortitude to mention that he had a contract, and so did Ole Miss. If he had left Ole Miss to go to Auburn, Auburn was going to pay Ole Miss a large amount of money and buyout stuff. They have those coverages in a contract. Well, in the college, you know, collective slash name, image, likeness slash pay for play era, you don't have those because the NCAA says you can't have those as an institution. There can't be a pay for play, so you can't have a contract. And that's why he's saying it was a disaster. All of that lead up to tell you, go read it. You can see it for yourself if you've missed it. You probably haven't if you're a diehard fan. But at 7.44 a.m. this morning, Lane Kiffin tweeted this, and it's in quotations. It says, I think it was a big mistake by the NCAA not to do a framework around NIL when they had the opportunity to. Quote, NCAA President Charlie Baker said during the Future of College Athletics Summit not far from Capitol Hill. He went on, Lane Kiffin went on to quote in this text, Charlie Baker, the president of NCAA. He says, and I think there were too many people in college sports who thought no rules would really work well for them. And what everybody's discovered is no rules, no transparency, no accountability, no framework doesn't work well for anybody. Then Kiffin went on to specifically tag Feinbaum and says at Feinbaum, does that not sound like a disaster? So crazy to point out, my bad, and then he put the hashtag, angry little man. Well, here's, we've kind of come full circle in that you do have a scenario where, you know, a coach is trying to tell the truth and a media member would rather that he do the fake facade, fake answer thing that's been going on for years that nobody really wants. But apparently it opened the door for someone like Feinbaum to gain some attention and to take a stand and sort of side and pit himself against a guy like Lane Kiffin, which Feinbaum knows will benefit him on Twitter or X as it is now, will get him 
a little attention from a certain group of people. And that's what he's done. It's, it's no different than, you know, a little guy who's not popular, you know, on the playground in kindergarten pulling the ponytail of the popular little girl because that's the only way to get her to look at him. That's what Feinbaum did in this case with Kiffin. And Kiffin fired him back, or fired back at him on Twitter this morning. But Kiffin's right in this. It's not that you're paying him to play. So what? Pay him. There's plenty of money. Figure out a way to pay him. But you got to have contracts and you got to have a structure of some kind. Right now, you don't have that. And the people who called Kiffin a hypocrite on ESPN and laughed and snickered and thought that their clip might go viral somewhere, they didn't realize how stupid they looked. They didn't even bring up the fact that the major difference is you don't have a contract. In college, yeah, that's what Kiffin said. Hey, it's, you, you got it as good as you'll ever have it in that two times a year. You can go out here and hold your school's feet to the fire and demand more money if you want to. And they can't do a thing about it because there is no contractual nature. Well, that's just not the real world. It's not how it works. Not when money is exchanging hands. And that's what he's pointing out. I'll see what you think about that. Send me your notes on it. We can talk that. We can pick that back up tomorrow if you want to. And I'm sure there'll be something else to get into this time tomorrow also. That'll be it for today. And I appreciate you tuning in. For Beaver, I'm Matt. All of us here on the show in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. See you tomorrow. See you.